0: You're listening to a Mint podcast, brought to you by HD Smartcast. I often interact with people who tell me that they have bought a high uh, premium policy, a high premium life insurance policy, and they just buy it, they don't realize it. And by the time they renew the policy, then they discovered they have to pay a really high amount of premium. Now they want to close it. But when they when they go to insurance company and really understand the process of closing the policy, then they discover the value they will receive, the value that insurance company will refund them is way lesser than what they have paid as premium so far. So this is really a very sad situation. Now insurance regulator IRDA has taken note of it. Earlier this month, they released an exposure draft in which they have specified that the surrender value that policyholders receive at the end of any year, will be higher than existing regulations. So these are just proposed regulations. They are yet to become rules. So today I have with me Akshay Dhan, who is appointed actually at Canada HSBC Life Insurance Company. He will decode these surrender value regulations with us. And there are more such interesting proposals that he will decode for us. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Welcome, Akshay.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Pradita.
0: We are glad to have you here. And my first question will, of course, be about the surrender value. This is the most important proposal that everybody is discussing from the industry. So first, tell us existing scenario and then discuss what Edda has proposed for us.
1: Sure, sure, Prajita. So, I will uh, focus on the surrender values for non-linked products, not on unit-linked products. So, that's the first point I wanted to make clear. So, in case of non-linked uh, products, and I'm specifically talking about non-linked savings products, what mm. happens currently is the surrender value is calculated as the higher of two uh, values, mm. guaranteed surrender value and a special surrender value. Now, the guaranteed mm. surrender value is very well defined in the regulations. It has to be a certain purpose percentage of the total premiums paid by the uh, by the policyholder at any given point in time the special surrender value is typically at the discretion of the company it does get approved by the regulator uh, you know every time you file a product with the regulator and get it approved the special surrender values get approved by the regulator and higher of the two is paid out as surrender value in case the policyholder wishes, wishes to surrender. One thing I'd like to add is in the existing scenario, in the first year, no surrender value is payable. So you have to pay at least two full premiums to be able to be eligible for surrendering and receiving yeah. the surrender value. If you do not pay first two full years premium and then surrender, then no value will get paid. This is what the current scenario is.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and now what IRDA has proposed, and if you can, uh, for existing scenario, if you can give me an example that uh, if two premiums have been paid off, maybe uh, one lakh annual premium, no. so two lakh sure. premium have been paid, so how much people
1: will sure. receive if they surrender the sure. policy? So, uh, so, if somebody has paid two premiums in the current scenario, say, uh, the GSV or the guaranteed surrender value will be, say, 30% of the total premiums paid. So, if you paid, say, two premiums, one premium being 1 lakh rupees, so out of two premiums, 2 lakh rupees you have paid and you will get two lakhs, sixty 30% of 2 lakhs, which will be about 60,000 rupees. So, that's what you will get paid in the current scenario on the GSV. If the SSV is higher than that, then you will get paid the... SSV. Otherwise, this is the bare minimum you will get paid if you pay two full annual premiums and you are surrendering your policy. So special
0: surrender value uh, generally, how high could that be if
1: somebody has paid two premiums, three premiums early in the policy year? So the special surrender value uh, would be higher also, but it actually depends on how the insurance company has calculated it because that is at the discretion mm-hmm. of the insurance company if the okay. special surrender value for example it could be uh, it could be lower than uh, the ssv it could be hi- sorry gsv it could be higher than the uh, gsv it also depends upon the year of surrender so for example typically in the later on year the ssv will be higher because that will be uh, mirroring the maturity benefit much more as compared to the gsv is so it actually depends upon multiple uh, multiple uh, factors and it is not fixed it is varying uh, by company to company Correct. So, uh,
0: early in policy term, uh, I believe guaranteed surrender value tends to be
1: higher than uh, Again, like,
0: value, know, it, it, it could vary,
1: but suppose it could be higher. Let's, hmm. let's, for the sake of the discussion, assume hmm. that uh, GSV is what we are foc- uh, looking at because SSV is something the regulator has not changed in Correct. these regulations. Right. It, remains it remains the, the same. same. So, hmm. I think for this purpose of this uh, this hmm. discussion, we can focus on GSVs. Correct. So,
0: guaranteed surrender value uh, if 2 or 3 premiums have been paid, it will be
1: 30% or so of the total premiums. Yeah, I think 30-35% that kind of a thing and from I think 5th year onwards, it starts becoming 50 and that's how it kind of Uh, moves about. Correct.
0: It goes up to 90% also if somebody has paid more than I think 8 premiums. So, now what's the proposal from end?
1: So, the proposal from EDA is uh, fairly uh, straightforward in the sense what they've said is you split the premiums uh, into two parts, a, a part which will be subjected to uh, surrender value uh, charges and a part which will not be subjected to surrender value charges. So, they're calling this part this uh, appetite as a threshold. So, now they haven't defined how the threshold will get calculated, but suppose you have a 1 lakh rupees premium policy and suppose you define threshold as 50%. So, on 50,000 rupees, there will be no surrender charge. On 50,000 rupees, there will be a surrender charge. So, for example, the example which we just discussed Suppose a person pays two years of annual premiums and uh, pays premiums of two lakh rupees, and then he or she surrenders her, his, his or her policy. Then, with a threshold of 50%, out of uh, the two lakhs, on one lakh rupee there will be a 30, uh, there will be a surrender value calculation happening. So, 30% of one lakh will be 30,000 rupees, plus the remaining one full lakh will be paid. So, the surrender value will change from 60,000 rupees in the older scenario to one lakh 30,000 rupees in the newer scenario. Mm-hmm. So much, much higher than what it is in the existing scenario. So again, so the threshold I've taken as an example, if the threshold is a higher threshold, say, for example, if th- theoretically, if the threshold is 100%, there is no change in the calculation. If the threshold mm-hmm. is, say, 10%, there's a very big change in the calculation. So it very mm-hmm. really depends on what the threshold is going to be.
0: Correct. And uh, in... I believe the illustration that Elda has specified in the exposure draft, it has. It, they have assumed one lakh annual premium, and
1: twenty-five thousand is the threshold. Yeah. The so they have level. taken a percentage oh, of twenty-five thousand rupees as a threshold. Hmm. But uh, like I said, like uh, you rightly said, it's an illustration. They have said they haven't really stated how the threshold will be calculated. But hmm. uh, that's what it says. The illustration is at twenty-five thousand rupees. Twenty-five percent, sorry.
0: Correct. Okay, and now, uh, how just assuming uh, that it's maybe 25% and going by reports that I have read, I believe Verda is in favor of having a fixed threshold in terms of value and not percent. That's what I read in some stories, and you may have your own view. So, according to you, uh, how uh, your own uh, takeaway on it, that how should it be defined? And uh, how will it impact insurance companies?
1: So two questions. So just so your how, take. As, sure. a, as an
0: insurance company, your take on
1: the surrender value. and. So how should it be defined? In my opinion, it should be defined as a percentage because if you keep it as a fixed value, then you are not uh, allowing for the fact that you have different, uh, uh, you know, uh, premium sizes are coming into the picture. So it can be a percentage. Even the GSV, the percentage it applies it applies as a percentage on the premiums paid. It doesn't apply as a fixed value. So uh, I think uh, it should be a percentage for sure. As far as uh, the impact of the insurance company is concerned, I think that is it's a little too early to say uh, at the moment. <laughs> I, uh, I would I would come uh, would put it like that because the threshold itself has not been defined. And the hmm. rationale for the threshold had also not been defined. So the details are kind of a little sketchy at the moment in the exposure okay. It's Also, it's just a draft at the moment and it just come out, you know, hmm. uh, some time ago. So hmm. I think we'll have to uh, be a bit of into a wait and watch space and see what the final impact is going to be. It's a little hmm. difficult to say that much uh, hmm. before we get more clarity.
0: Okay, so the impact on insurance companies, uh, because obviously the underwriting uh, rules will have to get changed. So anything on that, that how uh, underwriting or maybe product product design or commission being paid out to agents, any such thing that the product I believe will have to be underwritten again. So your
1: takeaway on it. So uh, when you say underwritten, uh, underwriting means assessing the mortality uh, slash mobility component of a policyholder. So that is not changing under this, uh, this clause. This is, mm-hmm. there are two separate things between surrender values and uh, surrender values are very different from what underwriting is done for. So I think the two will not uh, get, in, the no, two are, Underwriting
0: uh, not from, uh, not just uh, from customer policyholders perspective, yes, but from insurance companies perspective uh, as in terms of money that they make out of products.
1: Uh, you mean the profitability of a product? Exactly. Yeah. So again, you know, see, it depends upon eventually what uh, the final regulations come out to be. That itself will have an impact on uh, uh, how we, uh, do, what do we do with the With What do we do? Do we have to change the product design? Do we have to change the returns to the customer? Do we have to change any commissions to the sh- distributor? Do we have to change things at the insurance company level in terms of target profitability and stuff like that? So that all depends upon once the final regulations come out and what is the kind of shape these regulations take. So I think that okay. is again a little too soon to say, but yeah, all these hmm. areas can be impacted. They're all up for uh, discussion because ultimately if uh, things, if anything like this changes, it can huh. have multifaceted impact on the industry and the policies and the customers.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, moving on to uh, other proposals, they talked about index linked insurance.
1: That's so right. So
0: please explain our listeners that what is index linked insurance? And just a bit of history. I believe sure. they they existed in the past and
1: then it, sure. they were rolled back. So. Sure. So, uh, so, so what I will tell you what uh, is currently in the proposal and then I'll tell you what hmm. happened, used to happen earlier. So in the current proposal, they've introduced uh, the concept of index, index link products under the unit link platform, which hmm. basically means that instead of linking it to the nav of an underlying fund, it can be linked to the index value of a publicly available fund. So, uh, sorry, not fund. Simplify it.
0: Just simplify it
1: for our oh, listeners. No. NAV. So, for example, if you start, suppose you start your fund with NAV of 10 rupees. NAV is net asset value. So, that's what your unit value is of 10 rupees. So, tomorrow, if your underlying product does very well and say it earns a 10% return, you know, hypothetically, then the NAV will become 11. So, your fund value will also be elevated 11 rupees. Now, in the in the index link fund, what they are proposing is uh, that uh, the uh, the value of the NAB will change as per the value of an underlying index. So, suppose you are linking to, a, say, a Nifty index or a Sensex or so, you know whatnot. You can uh, multiple indices you can choose. So, if the value of the index increases by, say, five percent. Uh, in a hmm. day, for example, just to give you a hypothetical example, then your NAV will change from one day to another at five percent. So it will change from uh, ten rupees to ten point five rupees. So instead, hmm. so instead of linking it to the performance of an underlying fund, we're linking it to the hmm. performance of an underlying index, which in turn is actually depending on the performance of a fund. But it's now more hmm. with a uh, clearly identifiable index.
0: The way we have index funds in mutual fund industry. So similarly in ULIP plans uh the fund value so the product itself the fund which is their underlying product in ulip plan will follow an index an already established index and not
1: an active manager playing a role in creating basket of stock yeah Yeah. so just wanted to clarify one point over here so even Hmm. the way you have index funds in unit link platforms again they're tracking an index but they are also managing they're creating a fund which is meant to mirror the index here, hmm. uh, what they're saying is that the NAV will change actually as per an underlying index. How you manage the fund is an insurance company's problem. But what on hmm. the, what the customer will get be exactly how the index has moved. So, slight difference.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, now, Ilda has uh, proposed that insurance companies can launch
1: this product, indexing. Yes. Yes. In yes. Product yes. Product yes. In yes, that's right. In the past, so because you asked that question as well. Huh. In the past, what used to happen was uh, before 2013 regulations, uh, certain kind of products had become very popular on uh, the non-linked platform. They were also referred to as the industri- in the industry as index linked funds. Uh, mm. What they used to do was basically there will be a base level of guaranteed benefit in case of a, in this kind of a product, like a non-linked savings product. On mm-hmm. top of that, there would be additions to the benefit where the additions would be linked to an in value of an index. So they had become very popular with the industry. They were actually a good uh, set of products uh, mm-hmm. which were available. Um, uh, unfortunately, they were uh, they were uh, stopped from 2013 onwards. So uh, mm-hmm. those haven't come made a comeback yet. Uh, mm-hmm. They have now allowed index link, linking on the unit link platform. The non-linked haven't made a comeback, which were there before mm-hmm. 2013.
0: Okay, so now in non-linked, they, they haven't been uh, launched. In the proposal, it's only for ULIPs. For That's right. Products. That is right. Ah, just for listeners, I would also like you to explain linked and non-linked products as well. It's a simple sure. question to ask actually of an insurance company, but for listeners who may not be that well versed with insurance products. Sure.
1: So in unit-linked platform uh, or products, what happens is that the uh, the maturity benefit is typically linked to the performance of a unit-linked fund, just like mutual funds work. So it's very similar mm-hmm. to that. So uh, whatever monies I invest in a unit-linked uh, insurance product, at maturity whatever is the value of the what is the number of units i have multiplied by the value of that uh, fund the nav of that fund that is the maturity value i'll get so it really totally dependent is totally dependent upon the performance mm-hmm. of the fund right in case of non linked products <clears throat> Non-linked products are of two kinds. I will uh, explain the more basic one, which is probably good enough for the res- listeners at this stage. The non-linked non-participating products, there the returns are fully guaranteed. So I am upfront told that these are the monies I'll invest in and this is the maturity benefit I will get in case uh, I reach to maturity. So there it's not linked. It, is linked. it is fully guaranteed. It's not linked to anything. And that's why it's known as non-linked. So, there are the two key differences, uh, two kinds of uh, products and the other main difference between the two.
0: Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. And um, now more about uh, another proposal, which is on micro insurance. So, there is something on micro insurance as well. Um, So, tell us more about it and how it can help in insurance penetration.
1: So, they have introduced a few flexibilities within micro-insurance products. Uh, Mm. Obviously, the aim is to increase the penetration and increase the reach of micro-insurance products and also ensuring that the overall penetration of uh, insurance industry increases and reaches the masses. So, I think that uh, from that perspective, uh, obviously, all the suggestions are uh, useful. For example, they have introduced that um, irrespective of the uh premium payment frequency. Uh, you can pay pre- the premium anytime during the year, you know that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So that's actually giving more flexibility to people who are uh, in, uh, the buyers of micro insurance products because they might be people with erratic incomes and also they may not have money to pay at designated periods of time and they might mm-hmm. need that flexibility. So that's that's one feature which has been introduced. Similarly, the other mm-hmm. features which have been introduced, and uh, you know if they we'll have to see how the take up of those features is but uh, you know they're good to have uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll certainly hopefully they should help in improving the penetration uh, which is i think the objective of ADA as well
0: okay and how popular are insurance products if you can tell us at industry level at
1: your company level so for our for our company for example i can give you an example so we sell a lot of my uh, uh, pmjjby product so PMJJBY is Pradhan Mantri Jeevan Jyoti Bhima Yojana, which is uh, it's which is like a micro insurance product, which which uh, is typically sold by banks to their customers. Mm-hmm. It is a very easy to sell and easy to claim kind of a product. Uh, very simple, straightforward. Fixed premium cover is also fixed, and it can be sold to anybody and everybody. Uh, who has a bank count. So that that has become very popular with our uh, with our uh, you know partner banks, and we have we are targeting ensuring uh, almost up to I think seventy five lakhs lives in PMJGY this year. So uh, and I, I think we're quite near that number as well. So uh, that is something which we're selling quite a bit, and it's uh, it's uh, it's a very good product. It has helped in increasing our penetration significantly. So <clears throat> in that sense, you know. Uh, you know, it's a very good initiative because ultimately insurance is a very important tool in anybody's financial save, uh, financial uh, planning ability and it mm-hmm. should reach the masses. They are also vulnerable to the uncertainty of lives even mm-hmm. more so probably than uh, uh, other people because, you know, their savings are very less. So their uh, ability to insure themselves is extremely important and I think it's the right step in the direction by mm-hmm. the government.
0: Okay. And uh, now uh, about uh, so, in the proposal, they have clearly mentioned that life insurance companies cannot sell indemnity health insurance products. They can only wow. sell fixed benefit uh, health yes. insurance products. Yeah. But it has been in discussion that life insurance companies should also be allowed to sell a health insurance. So, your take on it uh, do you think that exposure draft has really made it clear that no life insurance company cannot sell it or this? is still under discussion and may happen in future. And simply your take on it, should life insurance companies also sell health insurance? And so, just a little uh, you know the sure, differ- sure. difference between fixed benefit plans and
1: uh, indemnity health insurance products and So let me explain that first. So a hmm. fixed benefit plan is a plan where a fixed sum of monies will get paid upon it, the happening of an event. So for example, if somebody is unfortunately diagnosed with a serious illness, then irrespective of the kind of uh, treatment they're taking, what monies are they spending, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, the insurance company will pay a fixed benefit, which is as uh, proposed in the insurance policy upfront, say 5 lakh rupees, 10 lakh rupees, 20 lakh rupees and so on and so forth. So that is fixed. So uh, what you do with that money, the insurance company will not ask you how much are you spending of that on treatment, etc. No, no question will get asked, simply the monies will get paid. That's fixed okay. benefit. What hmm. happens in case of health indemnity products is that the insured will pay premiums, and hmm. and when, uh, say for example, an illness happens and the insurance uh, insured person gets hospitalised or avails some medical facilities, then those the, the bills of those medical uh, of using those medical facilities against those the insurance company will pay your claim. So if you have for example, had a knee replacement operation and you have spent three and a half lakh rupees. So depending on the limit of your insurance policy, you might get paid three and a half lakh rupees. But if you would have spent two lakh rupees, then the company would have paid two lakh rupees. Again, this depends upon terms and conditions. So the it's, it is indemnifying the policyholders of the actual uh, loss uh, on the medical expenses which you are incurring. Whereas the other policy is a fixed policy, irrespective of how much you are incurring, they will pay you a fixed money. So, that's the difference. Uh, so far, in life insurance companies are only not allowed to sell indemnity-based health insurance policies. They're only allowed to sell fixed-benefit health insurance policies. The, the exposure draft, in my opinion, makes it clear that they will continue to sell only fixed-benefit health insurance policies. Uh, I, I think it would have been a good idea to allow uh, life insurance companies to sell indemnity-based policies because simply because it would have increased the market to buy more players and, you know, ultimately more competition is always benefit in benefit to the customers. So it would have only made uh, 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 benefit for the customer. The other thing is the insurance companies, the life insurance companies have a huge network. So they have invested okay. in creating a network of distribution and stuff. So that distribution network can be used for other products also. One of them being health indemnity products. So I think mm-hmm. that is something the regulator should consider again before the final regulation gets released. Because I think it's okay. a great opportunity which I should be
0: considered. Okay. But apart from this exposure draft, so Ilda has specified their own product regulations there, what they want to go ahead with. But according to you as an industry stakeholder, what are some product innovation or maybe service innovation that you think should come into picture something that
1: will be interesting for policyholders? so i think uh, uh, from that perspective it appears that IID is allowing a lot of innovation they have removed a lot of restrictions because they are silent on a lot of restrictions there in the earlier uh, uh, product regulations for example restrictions on uh, how much policy term you can sell how much premium paying term you can sell you know similarly there were a lot of other restrictions uh, what products can be sold on group platform you know mm-hmm. uh, and etc so all those restrictions are not there in the draft as we speak so from that perspective if they they, they were to be removed from the final regulations also it'll be great because then it'll open up a lot of innovation which insurance companies can do because those restrictions are no longer there. So from that perspective it is a very good draft. Um, hmm. One thing which I like I already said index link products could have uh, been issued opened on non-linked platforms that would have been very useful. So that is something which uh, hasn't happened and similarly indemnity products should have been allowed to be sold by life insurance companies that again hasn't happened. Uh, hmm. but generally I think um, a lot of restrictions seem to have been removed and hmm. if they continue to be removed in the final regulation I think it will be really useful for the life insurance industry
0: okay actually, thank you so much for uh, sharing your views with us and uh, as a final word if you can uh, explain that once the draft exposure comes then what is the process by when do we see regulations finally coming in obviously the timeline may differ Yeah, uh, it's up to regulator not up to insurance companies but just as a final word what is the
1: process so typically uh, in a so the exposure draft I think the regulator has asked for comments till the end of this month if I'm not wrong and after that they will work on the final uh, regulations. Hmm. I think we are, should be looking at at least the final regulations coming uh, at least by April I would have thought and hmm. uh, if not earlier and they typically give a few months for the insurers to adopt uh, adapt their products to, uh, you know, changing to the new regulations. So, we are certainly looking at, uh, by middle of next year, we should have the new regulations coming into the picture and uh, products basis of regulation can be coming into effect.
0: All right. So, if someone wants to
1: surrender the policies, then they should wait <laughs> for policy, like the final regulations to come in and then... <laughs> no, no, no. Surrender or these regulations won't <laughs> affect existing products existing policyholder they will only affect okay. newer policyholders and new regulations so just one okay, thing to be clear on that
0: not come in retrospect uh, in retrospection no. no no retrospectory rules there okay understood uh, thank you so much Chaksha for joining us here
1: thank you so much for having me Aparita.